So the other night I was driving home uh, from our monthly movie nights uh, with The Methodist where we watched the movie The Greatest Showman. And um, as I tend to do late at night, I tend to have music rolling through my head and I tend to sing in my car. I don't know if anybody else does that. And of course I was singing the, the, the music from the song, the, bleh, bleh, the music from the movie. In particular, one of the songs that kept playing over in my head, and so I had to play it on YouTube in my car, because it was uh, this song, uh, Rewrite the Stars, uh, between Zendaya and Zac Efron. Um, now, I'll be honest, it's a little cheesy, it's a little bit hopeless romantic, but then so am I. So, I thought, this really fits well with what I want to say tonight, because of course I was already starting to think about what I might say this week. You see, these two are a bit of star-crossed lovers from two different classes of society in a time when that kind of thing was still, when that kind of thing still really mattered. And they sang, it's up to you and it's up to me. No one can say what we get to be. And Zac Efron encouraged Zendaya to rewrite the stars, to make their own path forward, to not be defined by others, but to decide for themselves who they would be, to not let class or society decide who gets to be together. And of course, as I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this text that we have for this Sunday, which may not immediately go together, but what was Jesus doing on uh, when we had the table? Because I messed up there. That's uh, what happens when I jump thoughts in my head. Let me back up here. As this was rolling around, I was also thinking about what was coming up this Sunday, which is today is World Communion Sunday. And if you don't know what that is, it's simply one Sunday that's designated uh, pretty much throughout the globe in a lot of different Christian traditions that we all gather together and we have communion. We gather at the one table and we have the one holy meal. And isn't that kind of what Jesus was talking about? Gathering us at the table, rewriting the stars, rewriting the path, writing our own direction, saying no one can tell us who we get to be, no one gets to tell us who we are, no one can keep us apart. That is the message of Jesus. And so, as we are gathered here tonight, we remember this holy meal, we remember this gathering together. And of course, now you might be really thinking to yourself, how does this connect with this text in Mark? Because this is not necessarily a text that most people like to preach on. But I thought, being that it is the lectionary text, it'd be a, a good one to bring an interesting message. Because there's an interesting twist on this text. You see, Jesus was approached by this group of Pharisees. They came questioning him. They were there to test him. And it seems their aim was really just to trip him up. Really, they wanted to see if they could get him to say something they could use against him. And so they ask him about divorce. And they even go as far as to quote Moses. Because, I mean, Moses' law has been the law of the Jewish people. And they're following the law. And obviously, who would contradict Moses? And Jesus, I think it's important to notice, is not the one who brought up divorce. 
Jesus was asked a question about divorce. And so Jesus answers their question. I think it's also important because we like to put a judgment on divorce. You know, it's a lot more common today. It's a lot more accepted today. But even then, it still has some judgment on it. Whenever you hear that a couple is getting divorced, even today, there can be judgment. And that's today. This is 2,000 years ago. And that's why as Jesus answered this question, I think he was answering a question that was much more hypothetical, much more ideal, much more in the perfect world. And as we all know, we don't really live in the perfect world. We live in the real world where things happen and sometimes marriages do end in divorce. I also believe Jesus was actually trying to talk about something deeper than just the surface question that was asked of him. He was trying to get to something deeper, a deeper principle. And in order to understand that, we have to understand a little bit about what marriage was like in first century Palestine. It was patriarchal, and wives were regarded as the property of their husbands. Among Jews, technically only husbands could divorce their wives, though it was allowed in Roman societies for a wife to divorce her husband. Marriages were not based on love, but between two persons in property and status and honor considerations between two families. And all of this made divorce very much a complicated subject. Most importantly in that society, getting divorced heaped shame on the woman and placed her in a very vulnerable position. If she's not taken in by family, she was left on her own. And that means she's at the very bottom of society and has to struggle to survive. And so when Jesus is asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, he is answering one with a principle, that marriages should not end in divorce. That's an ideal in a perfect world. That's a principle. But I also believe Jesus understood this to be answering a question in the ideal. And two, Jesus was really concerned about the plight of the marginalized of which divorced women would have fallen into that category. Jesus was concerned about any who were oppressed and vulnerable. What Jesus was really doing was making a statement about the kind of community we will be. And he's inviting us to view our community through the lens of relationships. Relationships founded in love and mutual dependence, fostered by dignity and respect. Relationships pursued for the sake of the health of the community and the protection of the vulnerable. So you see, this whole response of Jesus really was not actually about the question that the Pharisees asked, but it was about the body of Christ and what the body of Christ will and should look like and what our relationships with one another should look like. Pastor David Lose, a Lutheran pastor from Minnesota, put it this way, Part of being human is to be insecure, to be aware of our need, and in light of the cultural preference for strength, power, and independence, to be embarrassed of our need. 
For this reason, we are reminded that to be broken isn't something to be ashamed of. Rather, to be broken is, in fact, to be human. And to be human is to be loved by God and drawn together into relationship with all others that God loves. Which means that our gatherings on Sundays are local gatherings of the broken and loved, of those who are hurting but also healing, of those who are lost but have also been found, of those that know their need and seek not simply to have those needs met, but to have realized that in helping meet the needs of others, their own needs are met. In places like this all over the world today, we are gathered as the body of Christ. We gather together as one community, caring for one another, as we are all vulnerable, doing our best to do no harm to one another, taking time to build relationships with one another. Jesus, in responding to the Pharisees, calls them hard-hearted for seeking a legal way out of relationship that might cause harm to another. He is calling on them to not sin against one another, to do what is right by one another, to care for one another. And then he shows us this in real time by inviting the children to come to him. One other thing to understand about first century Palestine is in those days, children were a burden. They had to be fed and cleaned and looked after and provided for. This took resources from the family until the child was old enough to go to work and then they would become a benefit to the family. And this meant that children were really at the very, very bottom of society. They were the absolute least important. But Jesus saw it differently. Jesus invited the children to come to him. He recognized that everyone has value. Jesus saw the inherent worth that everyone has, and he shows us in an explicit way that those who are marginalized, those who are pushed aside, those who are vulnerable, those who are not always welcome here, those who are not always welcome everywhere, are in fact welcome here. Welcome in this community, this community that is the body of Christ, rewriting the standards of what it means to be community. And that brings us back to the table again. The table that I first started talking about, where we get to rewrite what community looks like. This table is for the accepted and the normal as well as the misfits and the broken and the powerless and the forgotten and everyone in between because at this table, no one is left out. At this table, everyone is heard. No voices are silenced or ignored. All are honored. Everyone is welcome because God's love is for everyone. Every single one of us. We gather around this table to build relationship, to break bread together, to drink wine together, to be a community. And then when we leave this place, we don't just have that experience here, but we carry that out with us. We go out into the world and we carry a piece of that 
out into our lives, into all of the things we do and the people we encounter. And the table calls us to be makers of community there as well. See, community doesn't just happen here at church and around this table or around all the tables where this meal happened all around the world, but community happens when we gather together and we are creating space for strong, equal, equitable, loving, open, healing, and accepting community. That means each day we get to go out. We get to step out from wherever we are in our lives, in our days, to go and be an example of what that community can be. To go out into the world and to rewrite the rules of what community is. To declare for the, all the world that all are equal. To declare to the vulnerable and the hurting, you're welcome. You're allowed here. And not just allowed, but you're wanted. In fact, you're needed. Because we're not complete unless all of us are here. This is the journey that Jesus is inviting us on. This is our daily challenge. To be the community that God knows that we can be. Amen.